0: And welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Aloha, Mai Ka Ko. You are listening to Native Stories Podcast. Mahalo for listening in. O o nanea lo no Wahu mayao no auma kaimuki. I am nanea lo from papakulea oahu, now living in kaimuki. Today we have mahealani here will be going over Hale Mana Wahine here at Pu'u Hulu Hulu University, Belina Mai e Aloha no. So this is another episode of what I call the Mauna series, where we're here live on Mokuo Keawe or Hawaii Island at Pu'u Honua o holding space in solidarity with the Kiai and protectors of Mauna Kea, a sacred mountain in the peaceful protest against the 30-meter telescope that has been granted access to be built. Mauna Kea is also the largest mountain in the world. So I'm going to give Mahalani the mic so she can introduce herself.
1: Aloha o mahe ahia ko Uinoa noa, ua ma ia Los Angeles, a no Maui mai ko uohana, a e noho ana ma Honua o Pu'u Hulu Hulu, ala.
0: So, like always, we're gonna ask you, um, what brought you here to the Pu'u Honua o Pu'u Hulu Hulu?
1: Well, I'm a Kia'i of Haleakalā, so I was um, a participant in all four actions for Haleakalā, protecting our sacred mauna on Maui, and was arrested and um, continued to stand for that mauna. Um, as we say in the Maui story, uh, who um, is from that mauna, that He was trying to stop the sun and he pulled all those rays and he never did completely stop the sun, but he did slow it down enough. And I think our actions on Haleakala have worked in concert with Mauna Kea and our Kiai have helped each other. So even though we were not able to stop the telescopes on Maui, we have been able to slow down the process with our varying court cases, which influenced each other. And we're still here standing for Mauna Kea. So I knew that um, since the Kiai had come, from Mauna Kea to stand arm-in-arm with us on Haleakala. I knew personally that whenever they put out the kahea, I would return that favor. I would, you know, repay that debt and I would come stand with them. So for a long time now we've been preparing and when they put the call out, uh, we were here on that very first day uh, when they set up the perimeters of the Pu'uhonua. So I've been here since then.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, like I've been seeing a lot of Kiai from Maui Island, over here at the Pu'u Honua, and I think that's amazing that you guys are all showing solidarity in that way. Um, So how many days or, yeah, how long have you been here?
1: I believe it's day 34 for us. Um, I did go home Um, briefly for just a couple of days to um, take care of some kuleana. I'm a a student at UH Manoa so I had to sign some forms and pay rent and take care of a few things at home but um, other than that I've been living up here the whole time.
0: Mahalo for your commitment. So um, in the birthing of Hale Manoahine, can you kind of share with us that journey?
1: So I'm. I feel really lucky and honored to um, to be the kahu to Ma Lama the Halewahine. It basically started because uh, my partner Kahala Johnson and Kalani Pua Young, um, with the assistance of their one of their house mamas, um, Doctor Maria Lohalani Brown, um, they created the Hale Mahu, and um, Kahala reminded us that carving out space um, for the mahu is a really important thing. So in solidarity, I, I helped to build that and we donated supplies. And in that process, we realized, wow, there really ought to be a Hale Wahine as well. So in return, then they um, returned the favor and they helped us to, um, to get donations and to um, seek supplies. So we were able to build the Hale Wahine um, Maybe a couple of days later, it actually was a really fast turnaround. People stepped up to, to donate pop-up tents and tarps and art supplies and other things to, um, to bring it to life so that we'd have a space of empowerment.
0: Can you share with our listeners um, kind of how it looks like inside and kind of um, what kind of mana energy that you're trying to bring into that space too when people come?
1: Sure. So right now, we're still in um, two pop-up tents with tarps all around. Um, however, we've just had an amazing donation this past week from Aloha in Action. And um, Le'ohu and Medine, um brought together um their particular nonprofit, and they've um supported us so we've just been gifted a really um, a 20 by 20 tent so which is amazing we're going to move into that this week they're they're erecting it as we speak um because right now uh we put up both the Hale Mahu and the halewahine and like i said they're pop-up tents um, with a lot of character because there's different colored tarps all over so some are brown and blue and silver so we're very colorful um we're also connected the tents are connected to hold each other up because in the storm um, the pop-ups weren't solid enough so we had to take everything down and store it until the until uh, Flossie moved past us and then we were able to to rebuild them again so each time it takes a different incarnation and looks differently but in the hale wahine space one of the things that i love the most is we've taken pictures of our wahine koa um, Noilani Goodyear Ka'opua, um, helped to bring together her book, Wahine Koa. And so there's many photos in that and tells the um, the mo'olelo of our great Wahine leaders. Um, so we've got pictures of Honani K. Trask and, and others, and we've laminated them to put them up on the walls so that we can honor all of our different Wahine, our strong Wahine. So um, there is pictures of them. And so one of the projects I'm undergoing right now is welcoming people to please send in um, laminated photos of their wahine kupuna. So if you have pictures of someone that you really admire or one of your own tutu, you're welcome to bring it to the tent when you come to visit um, the Hale Wahine and we will put them up. We just ask that you share the story so that we can all learn about whoever you bring. So that's that's kind of the character of the inside. Once we put up the new large tent, I imagine it will take a whole new form again because we've had um, some different types of donations of art that we'll be able to put up once we know that um, it's a little more safe from the rain. That's
0: awesome. I love that the community is coming together and supporting you all and donating. um, Yeah, just the needs that. They see that they want to contribute to you all. And I love the aspect of bringing Manawahine and Kupuna into this space because it's always refreshing and kind of renews the purpose of the space. And thinking of purpose... um, Do y'all have a mission statement for Hale Manawahine? And if not, um, that's okay. What are your primary things that you practice or focus on um, in that space?
1: So we're still new, so we're still crafting um, an official type of um, statement, but really our intentions are to create a nurturing space, a space of empowerment, I don't really like the word safe spaces. I believe more in brave spaces. So I try and create a brave space where people feel comfortable truth-telling. So one of the things we've noticed on the Mona is that there's a lot of historical cultural trauma going on. And I, I hope that our Wahine space is one of those places where Wahine and Mahu and Kane, everyone feels comfortable to come into a nurturing space where they can where they can truth tell, where they can share their own mo'olelo of how they got here and what's going on for them. So a lot of times we just talk story in there. Um, I have art supplies in there because I believe that art is a really um, great way to work through and process emotions and um, really think through things. I believe in the power of memory. So when we tell stories, Um, so even with our photos on the wall, I encourage people Your kupuna doesn't have to be famous. You know, just because no one else outside of your ohana knows doesn't mean they're less valuable. So yes, we definitely recognize our our warriors, but we also want to recognize your kupuna who, who kept your lineage going you know they they say that we're what the five percent that we're strong enough to survive colonization so i think we ought to be celebrating that and as wahine we are the ones who birth in the next generation so my mission is all about um, regeneration and um, reinvigorating and empowering our wahine um, and that's wahine however you identify, so that's mahu wahine, that's wahine who are able to childbear, wahine who, who birth through the brain, you know, there's it, whatever you consider, everyone is welcome in that space. And we hope that they feel nurtured when they come in there and when they leave, they feel refreshed and regenerated because that's how we keep our generations going
0: beautiful and very well said and i love that idea of a truth space you said and i love that there is that physical space for wahine to come or just everybody to come and i and i also love that it's kind of in collaboration with the Hale mana Wah- mahu um which kind of brings me to yeah collaborations um What other collaborations that happens um, in Hale Mana Wahine? um, Do you guys collaborate a lot with the university itself?
1: So we do. um, In the Hale Wahine, we definitely collaborate with the Hale Mana Mahu, the Mauna Mahu there. We collaborate with the university. So uh, we open our space to university classes, um, particularly when it rains. But also when there's uh, classes that are... Um, relevant to Wahine, we'll, we'll use our own space because we feel it's, um, it's more inviting and more intimate. It's a smaller space than out on the open paw where anyone walking by can just stop and listen. It creates a little bit more of a safe slash brave space for conversations and then our our main collaboration right now is with the Mauna Medic Hui and they offer the Mauna Medics offer something daily called the um, Hale Kuka Kuka and to Kuka means to talk to um, really delve into a topic in a deep discussion. So not just um, in passing, but really kind of getting into the nitty gritty, the hard conversations, the things that have a lot of depth and meaning to people. So the Mauna Medics offer a talk twice a day and we use our space at Halewahine from at ten o'clock and then again at four. And what happens in those particular sessions is one or two of the mauna medics will lead us in a discussion about different um, cultural trauma that's happening, issues that might come up on the mauna. Because what we see is you bring um, you bring all your of your cultural trauma to the mauna. We're in a very high intensity situation. Um, the protocols three times a day really help in order to keep people focused on the protection of the Mauna but what happens is because the state um, is such a looming force and we're constantly on guard about you know being under attack about um, nighttime raids all kinds of things um, people particularly those who have stayed here for a while have um, a form of PTSD from the state um, from the police forces that they encountered so um, during the the Wednesday of standing up for the one um, I was part of the line of Wahine who stood up. So there was a small handful of us who knew after the last kupuna got arrested, there were no more kupuna. So what were we going to do? And we're like, OK, the Wahine will stand up next um, and, and hopefully that will deter them. And so we were expecting a handful of us and we all locked arms. And when I turned around, Um, I noticed that from the first line, the lines just went back row after row, and there were over 100 Wahine who stood up, and that was really powerful. As well as being empowering, it's also been traumatic for a lot of us. So just watching the kupuna be arrested, I know I cried. And because they kept us in Kapualoha and in complete silence as we had to watch our kupuna dragged away, that left scars on on most of our minds. We can't stop thinking about those images of our beloved kupuna, some of whom were in wheelchairs. You know, um, to watch that kind of of um, I, situation, that kind of violence, it, it's it it leaves. It leaves you speechless and it stays with you for a long time. So the Hale Kuka Kuka is one of those places where you can debrief those kinds of experiences in a safe slash brave way. And then the other beautiful thing about the Hale Kuka is that you actually make friends and you hear stories from all over. So people from other islands, people who've just been here for a day or two. One of the things that we notice the most that goes on is that people who leave What do you do when you leave? How do you reintegrate what you've learned from the Mauna? Because (laughs) it's funny, we say we're here to protect the Mauna. We're here to stand for the Mauna. But really, when you think about it, the Mauna is actually protecting us. The Mauna is teaching us. Um, She, that's Papa there. So I teach a class on Papa and Waakea and Kuleana and consent. And Although the name of the Mauna is Mauna Awakea, it's, you know, that's the place where Papa and Waakea c- conjoin, where they meet. That's the highest place, the highest mountain in the world from the seafloor to the top of the mountain. That's where we talk to Waakea, but the Mauna herself is, you know, they call her Big Mama. Um, that's that's our Mama Mauna. Um, that's Papa. So, that also relates to us as wahine. That's, you know, we're standing on our mama. She's protecting us as much as we're here to stand for her.
0: Mahalo for that. Um, we did talk to your sister, Noilani here, and she did um, briefly explain about um, the kuka kuka. So, mahalo for sharing that. Um, and you talk about, you kind of leewayed into some of your AI education that you do, um, here at Hale Manawahine. Um, what is AI education to you?
1: So I just love the word AI education. Um, and to me it's more than just education of the mind. So, um, As a PhD student in English at UH Mānoa, I'm both a student and an instructor and at Mānoa I teach English 100 composition as well as creative writing, indigenous literatures, Um, I focus on Hawaiian literature and Pacific women. Um, so, in the Manawahine tent, I offer writing classes, um, writing slash art classes, because I believe that art is a way to open up the voice and to make you think deeper and more creative. creatively. Um, so, I offer classes like writing from the Pico, because here we are, um, the Pico o Waakea, um the Pico of Hawaii Island, the Pico of our islands. Um, and so, I teach on that. Um, but then, I also teach other classes on Papa and wakea, Um, and these kinds of educational stories are another form of truth-telling so I believe if our Lahui is going to move forward we have to start analyzing and evaluating all of the things that we've inherited and many of them you know we have a beautiful cultural inheritance and we also have some things in our history that are really painful to look at um, both from outside from colonization as well as internally in our own story so um, A-education to me is another form of empowerment of really honestly looking at where we are, how we got here. But most importantly, you know, we look to the past in order to envision the future. So we don't want to get stuck in the past. We want to take those lessons and we want to imagine what's possible for us. And that's another form of empowerment.
0: And um, since this is such a unique classroom, in a sense, have you have you kind of felt a different teaching kind of vibe going on and progressing um, for your teaching style?
1: Definitely. So when you have the same students for a whole semester, uh, you get to really dive into things deeply with them and get to know them and build Pelina, build relationships. When you're here on the Mona There's another kind of pilina that just happens because you all have a similar purpose. So we all come from different perspectives, but we all have a common purpose. And so it allows us to meet each other and um share stories in a much more intimate way so we kind of get to the heart of the matter of things faster Um, we don't have a lot of uh, blocks so when you're in a large class at a university for instance people may not have the same historical understanding of what happened to hawaiians we're up here on the mauna for the most part people at least have that same general understanding that um of the myth of annexation that we weren't actually annexed so when you can start from a a a more clear standpoint you don't have to do a lot of remedial teaching you can get right to those important points so I've noticed all of the um, folks who come to speak up here and we have amazing professors and community activists and community artists who come to share their time it's really beautiful but they get to jump right into the heart of whatever their message is and really dig in deeper than you might be able to in some other format.
0: Yeah, we had um some other people kind of talk about Puhuluhulu Hulu University and explain that too that we're getting back to the real teaching and learning in our natural spaces and having the elements here really enhances really like the classes and um I guess like the mission of AI education. Um so After when folks um, come and take a class at Ahale Manawahine or just spend time in that space, um, what is the main takeaway that you want them to leave that space with?
1: Well there's a few things that that if they sit and they really talk story, we start to remember because memory is really important. our mo'olalo stems from the word mo'o and the image of the mo'o spine um, that we hear about, which is connecting all of the different generations through each of those nodal constellations, the different um, spinal nodes. Um, and we hear Puku'i speak really well about that. And Alohalani Brown um, teaches us about the mo'o and um, the generations, the the longevity and, and continuing into our present time and into our our descendants going through and so i hope that wahine will start to think about their own place within that so we have you know the photos of our kupuna before us and it's our turn our generation now to make a stand to make a statement um to be a part of something that's that's really revolutionary at this time there's never been anything like it and i think for generations we'll look back and say that was one of those pivotal times. Standing for Mauna Kea was was also standing for our Lahui and we'll remember this. So we're trying to create a space where people feel safe to remember and to to grow as Kanaka, to Kanaka, um, especially as Wahine um, nurturing and birthing in the new generations. And that's both intellectually politically spiritually and for those who are actually mamas physically Um, so this is a critical time and so we need to create spaces where we can um, go through those birthing pains in a really safe space
0: revolutionary times that's what really stuck when you were talking to me and Mahalo for sharing space and time with me in this interview, and just being able to document it is kind of giving me chicken skin over here. Um, so, getting down to like, I guess, more of the nitty gritty, um, do y'all need any volunteers?
1: so we're always looking for volunteers um, art supplies and like i said our biggest mission right now is to plaster all of our walls with the beautiful faces of our kupuna wahine Um, so if you have time come kuka with us if you've got lots of time come volunteer a few hours to keep um, to keep watch over the space, as um, as those of us who are in education have to go back to work, I have to go back to teach a couple days a week. Um, we'll need people to be able to malama that space. So if you have time and you come up in the morning and you say, "Hey, um, I'd like to spend some time," it's a really wonderful way to spend your day is just holding space in there for other people and being of service to whatever those who pass by need. Um, We always need more art supplies. So we do um, different kinds of drawing and block art. Um, I have stamps where people can do a simulation of copper making, um, stamping. Um, So we have different things like that. If you have um, colored pens, construction paper, scissors, brown paper bags are really great because we squish them up and it, um, it simulates copper um, in a in an artistic way so that we can practice our stamping. So those are always things we need. But most important pictures, laminated.
0: How do they go about donating? So um, if you folks haven't been up here, when you come up on Saddle Road, um, when you first walk into Pu'u Hulu, there's the information tent and kind of don- the donation setup. Do you do they donate? in the front and they tell them to donate to Hale Mana Wahine?
1: Exactly. So you can either bring it up to the tent yourself, to the Hale Wahine, um, if you would like to be acknowledged. We have like a little running acknowledgement. Um, or if it's simpler for you, you can drop it off at the regular donations tent and just put maybe a piece of tape um, and mark it saying for Hale Wahine and then they know to direct it to us. And we, re- we really mahalo. All of our donations, that's what keeps us going.
0: Awesome. Okay, and last question, and I forgot to ask this. Um, what do you think... It's a big question. What do you think the Lahui will look like after this? Or what do you kind of envision for our Manawahine and... Yeah...
1: This is such an important time. I, um, as a futurist, as a, I like to write future uh, visionary fiction. So I imagine after this, everyone going home into their own small communities and seeing these kind of spaces pop up, seeing these conversations um, continuing. So for every wahine who remembers who she is you know La lai is the first kanaka in our kumulipo our first divine kanaka so a woman is first born and she makes all those political decisions to um, to her families and how um, how land will be divided and how how generations will come about so women have so much political power. We forget that, we, we remember that they birth and they have that sacred power, but we forget that, um, that we also are political strategists. So I imagine all of the Wahine rising up and standing up for whatever your community issue is. So when I go back home on Maui, I'm part of um, the Ivi Kupuna Kia'i. So I stand for our bones that are being desecrated. Um, I stand for our waters for from the So wherever you live, whatever your local issue is, when I'm on O'ahu for, for school at UH Manoa, whatever issues are going on around there, I feel empowered because... One of the things about being a Kia'i at both Haleakalā and here on Mauna Kea, once you face the riot police, once you face the state, you recognize and you feel your kupuna standing around you. And forevermore, I know I'm not alone. So I know whatever issue I take up in my smaller community, I'm not alone. My kupuna are standing there with me, and they're proud of me, and and that's what I that's what I do it for. I want to make my kupuna proud. I want to make my descendants proud, so they'll look back just as I look back on the kūe petitions. I look back, and my great great grandfather and uncles and aunties were all part of the Wilcox Rebellion. So I look back, and I know my family has always stood up for what is pono, and I want. And I imagine that my descendants will look back at our generation and say, our kupuna did, us, did good. Our kupuna were pono, and they did the very best they could in their situation. And that means each individual little community feels empowered to rise up for their own, their own issues. And that's most important.
0: Mahalo. I love how you mentioned that because I know that there are folks out there that don't really know where to start, particularly.
1: Wherever you are. Start wherever you are.
0: Yes, I call that Um, start small, you know, go on your social networks, on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you need to, where you feel safe and then slowly reach out and and make that community because our communities are out there and they're willing and want you to be a part of us. And yeah, and your kupuna is there, too, so mahalo for mentioning that um okay so wrapping up the interview or the session um do you guys have any like contact that um folks can get kind of socially like social media kind of contact or email or anything just um if after they hear this podcast they want to get connected to you
1: Sure. So you can always look for information on the Pu'uhonua Pu'u Hulu Facebook page. Uh, but if you wanted to send any um, personal um, stories or you have, you Ninao know, if you have questions, you can always email me directly. And I will uh, put out my public email for that one. And that's Moon with the number 40 at Gmail. So that's M A H E A m-o-o-n-4-0 at gmail.com and 40 is the number of our Ka'au, it's a full measure so um, the fullness of the full moon which is my name Mahalani so um, that's how you can remember me go ahead and send any requests or um, information or if you have questions always feel free to reach out to me
0: yes Moon Manawahine okay so mahalo um and if you guys want to follow us you can follow us on facebook and on instagram at our native stories download our application at native stories and you can listen to our podcast at native stories um we'll see y'all later mahalo. peace thank you for listening to us on native stories if you have a story you would like us to tell Or want to sponsor future podcasts, location, story, or walking tour, please email us at info at nativestories.org.